Grateful Dead. Some of the engineers let me sit in on their sessions with other artists, such as Hart, Journey, Santana, Whitney Houston, and Aretha Franklin. I got a lifetime of education watching them interact with the artists, talking about subtle nuances in how a guitar part was articulated or how a vocal performance had been delivered. They would talk about syllables in a lyric and choose among ten different performances. They could hear so well. How did they train their ears to hear things that mere mortals couldn't? While working with small, unknown bands, I got to know the studio managers and engineers, and they steered me toward better and better work. One day an engineer didn't show up, and I spliced some tape edits for Carlos Santana. Another time the great producer Sandy Perlman went out for lunch during a Blue Oyster Cult session and left me in charge to finish the vocals. One thing led to another and I spent over a decade producing records in California. I was eventually lucky to be able to work with many well-known musicians, but I also worked with dozens of musical no-names, people who are extremely talented, but never made it. I began to wonder why some musicians become household names while others languish in obscurity. I also wondered why music seemed to come so easily to some and not others. Where does creativity come from? Why do some songs move us so? and others leave us cold. And what about the role of perception in all of this, the uncanny ability of great musicians and engineers to hear nuances that most of us don't? These questions led me back to school for some answers. While still working as a record producer, I drove down to Stanford University twice a week to sit in on neuropsychology lectures by Carl Prebrum. I saw that psychology was the field that held the answers to some of my questions questions about memory, perception, creativity, and the common instrument underlying all of these, the human brain. But instead of coming away with answers to my questions, I came away with more questions, as is often the case in science. Each new question opened my mind to an appreciation for the complexity of music, of the world, and of the human experience. As the philosopher Paul Churchland notes, humans have been trying to understand the world throughout most of recorded history. In just the past 200 years, our curiosity has revealed much of what nature had kept hidden from us. The nature of space-time, the constitution of matter, the many forms of energy, the origins of the universe, the nature of life itself with the discovery of DNA, and the completion of the mapping of the human genome just five years ago. But one mystery has not been solved, the mystery of the human brain and how it gives rise to thoughts and feelings hopes and desires, feelings of love, the experience of beauty, not to mention dance, visual art, literature, and music. What is music? Where does it come from? Why do some sequences of sounds move us so, while others, such as dogs barking or cars screeching, make many of us uncomfortable? For some of us, these questions occupy a large part of our life's work. For others, the idea of picking music apart in this way seems tantamount to studying the chemical structure in a Goya canvas at the expense of seeing the art that the painter was trying to produce. When I told the Oxford historian Martin Kemp about this book, he pointed out a similarity between artists and scientists. Most artists describe their work as experiments, part of a series of efforts designed to explore a common concern or to establish a viewpoint. My good friend and colleague William Ford Thompson a music cognition scientist and composer at the University of Toronto, adds that the work of scientists and artists both involve similar stages of development, 
a creative and exploratory brainstorming stage, followed by testing and refining stages that typically involve the application of set procedures, but often informed by additional creative problem-solving. Both require specialized tools, and the results are open to interpretation. The work of artists and scientists is ultimately the pursuit of truth, but members of both camps understand that the nature of truth is that it is contextual and changeable, and that today's truths become tomorrow's disproven hypotheses or forgotten objets d'art. One need look no further than Piaget, Freud, and Skinner to find theories that once held widespread currency and were later overturned or dramatically reevaluated. In music, a number of groups were prematurely held up as of lasting importance. Cheap Trick were hailed as the New Beatles, and at one time the Rolling Stone Encyclopedia of Rock devoted as much space to Adam and the Ants as they did to U2.